0: Good evening. This is Pastor Justin Basin coming from the Mountaineer Missionary Baptist Church here in Harts, West Virginia. Uh, we're continuing our study tonight through the book of Romans. We finished Romans 4 last week. I'm oh, sorry, on Sunday, I guess it was. Uh, a little bit of a lengthier stay through Romans 4 as it hits our high points of justification. And we're going to look at Romans 5 tonight. Romans 5 is a chapter in the book of Romans that some people view as a transition chapter between topics for Paul as he continues his letter to the church in Rome. Um, there's a, you know, a lot to be prayed for tonight. Uh, the president announced that we will be limiting social gatherings until the beginning of May, which means for the first time, at least in my lifetime, on Easter Sunday, most churches in America will be empty. But that's alright. Uh, it's, it's easy to concentrate on that and get tore up and upset and frustrated. But we need to remember that uh, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves, but it, it isn't necessarily having to talk about the local church when the local church is not an option. Uh, your household uh, is a local assembly of Christians. Um, you know, the Bible says, as "...for me and my house will serve the Lord." So I, I pray that your household is doing that, that you're as a household meeting together to have a Bible study, prayer, songs of worship, uh, all those things don't have to be done in pews, don't have to be done inside a church building. The church is wherever two or more gather in His name. Um, so I pray that you have a Christian in your home to to meet with. Um, and if you don't, then I pray that you uh, take the special time we have together and that other churches are having. Take advantage of other churches broadcasts as well, TV broadcasts of good Bible teaching and preaching and studying of His Word. And as we... Uh, go into this holy season that you use that to edify yourself and uplift and to uh, be prayed up, read up, and ready to go if Jesus comes back. Before we get into our study this morning, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Most kind, gracious Heavenly Father God, we thank the opportunity to teach through your word this morning, Lord. Uh, we pray, Lord, that as it goes out, that it touches all the hearts and minds that hear it in the study, Lord. We pray, Lord, that Uh, They be saved and born again, we pray, Lord, it would uplift them, encourage them, edify them, chastise them, Lord, and that your will would be done. We pray, Lord, that as your word says, it will not return void, so we we trust in that promise this this morning, Lord. We pray, Lord, that if someone listening today be unsaved. We pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit uh, of conviction would fall upon them and they would put their faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, before his everlasting too late. Lead and guide and direct us, Lord. Help us through this this natural this disaster that we're going through, Lord, in this country and the world. We pray for those, Lord, that are in sick with this coronavirus, or there's four in our county and, and hundreds of thousands around the world. That have, that have contacted this disease in some way. We pray, Lord, for your healing to be upon them, Lord. Put a hedge protection around those that are healthy, Lord. Pray for those, Lord, on the front lines that are still working every day, Lord. Those in the uh, stores and, and pharmacies and hospitals and and those trying to help give out food, our National Guardsmen, Lord, so many others, Lord, that are just trying to keep our country and our world going. Lord, we pray for them. Pray for our leaders. You give them the guidance that they need, Lord. Lord, forgive us where we sin and fall short, Lord, and help us live closer to you every day. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for everything, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, looking at Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, and when we look through verses 1 through 11 in the first section here, we're seeing what the results are after you're justified. We saw in the chapter 4, it talked about that our justification is holy by faith. Even when we look at the Old Testament saints of Abraham and David, that justification was holy by faith, not of ordinances, it was separate from the law. And verse, in chapter 5, we look what we get because we're justified. And chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that peace with God is, does not mean that you are in physical peace. Uh, and it doesn't mean you receive peace through God; it means at peace with God. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are enmity with God, or enemies of God, when we are in our flesh and when we are unsaved. Now you may say, "Well, I've never done nothing to persecute the church, persecute the Lord, persecute Jesus Christ." But it doesn't matter because we've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And we have sinned. When we sin, we rebel against God. The Bible says anything that is not a faith is sin. So the fact that we don't have our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation means we're enemies with God. We are rebelled against God. Even if it's unintentional, it does not matter. We've broken God's law. But through Jesus Christ, we're at peace with God, which means that uh, disturbance, that uh, time that takes place there... When we find ourselves at enmity with God, we'll find ourselves then now at peace with God, that we are one with God, that we have a relationship with God. We are no longer on separate teams, uh, going about separate ways. We are now on the same pathway, walking with God as God walks with us. And it only comes to Him by our Lord, Jesus Christ, that when we place our faith in him, we become justified, we're no longer a transgressor of His law, that Sin has been forgiven. The price has been paid. We go from being condemned, guilty, to being innocent, and price is fully paid. Verse 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, we're talking about our position here with God. You have a position with God. That means that uh, when you're unsaid, Again, you're outside of God, outside of the faith, outside of the relationship, outside of the fellowship. The Bible describes this as being basically being an orphan. We have no spiritual father. But once we are saved, once we are justified through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into the grace of God. We're saved by grace through faith. It's Ephesians 2, as we've quoted quite often throughout this study. So when we are saved... Because of our faith, it gives us access to the free grace, the free forgiveness uh, of God. And we stand, in other words, we are positioned in that faith. We know we are in Christ because we find ourselves in Christ. If you ask yourself uh, today, how do you know that you are where you are? It's because you look up and you are where you are. If I find myself in Christ, that means I'm in Christ. It's as simple as that. Um, and we, we hopefully we can get more into detail and explain it a little bit better as we go throughout our lesson. But the same as if I'm sitting in a chair, um, I know I'm in the chair. When I look down, and see myself in the chair. What is your faith in Christ today? If your faith is in Christ and your faith is in Christ, you're born again. may not be in the best uh, position as far as your relationship. Your relationship may need a little bit of work, but are you in the faith? And if you are in the faith, if you find yourself standing in the faith and the grace of God... We can rejoice. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice knowing we're saved. We receive joy because we are saved. We receive joy because we're at peace with God. There is something special about a peaceful spirit, something special about being in a peaceful standing. And if we're in a peaceful standing, it should bring us joy. Again, talking about uh, about David. David, he uh, when he was out of fellowship with God... When he had sinned against God, he cried out to God, restoring to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, Because I have salvation, because I have an intimacy with God, I have joy knowing I'm fully at peace. With God, And my hope rests in God. It don't rest in this world. It don't rest in anything else. It rests in the fact that Jesus said he was going to go away and prepare a place for me that where he is, I may be also one day. Be it through death or the rapture, whatever happens if I fly on out of here, I know that Christ is taking care of all that. I can let him take care of it. I think about the times I hire someone to do a job. Uh, When I hire someone to cut my grass, it's just nice to know that I don't have to worry about it. They show up, they take care of all the work, I look outside and enjoy the fact that it's cut. With my salvation, I'm going to go to heaven someday and I can enjoy the fact that I know it's all paid for, taken care of, prepared by Christ, and that I received it all by faith. Verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh Patience and patience is experience and experience hope. Now, when we talk about the word patience here, a, a maybe better translation might be endurance instead of just patience. Um, God sometimes allows us to go through tribulations, and the Bible says that we should glory in them. That means not just through the good times, but even God allows bad times to happen. I don't know about you. But this virus plague in our world has been a tribulation. It's been really frustrating at times. I, I, I'm i standing here this morning uh, teaching this lesson to an empty church house uh, full of empty pews. And I miss seeing the people that are normally sitting here. And I, I miss getting to fellowship with them and talk to them. I, I miss... Uh, getting to be with my family, having family dinners. I, I miss these things so much. I worry about those that are sick and those that are inflicted with this. And when I hear people dying of this, I worry about their soul and their eternity. And it's a lot of tribulation. But I know that through tribulation, I need to grow in my trust of God. I need to lean that much more on him and if you're not justified if you don't have your faith in Christ you don't, you don't have that. you have no one to lean on but physical things of this world. but those that us are justified and are within standing and within the grace of God, we know that we can lean on God and endure because of God. you know I think about when we we exercise. I used to exercise a lot when I was a little bit younger and didn't have the back problems and stuff like that that I do now. But the more I exercise, the more my body could endure. Well, the more tribulation God allows you to go through, the more that you can endure. And as you endure these things, these experiences, your hope grows and you become more strong in the faith. Verse 5 says, "In hope, make not a shame, because the love of God is shed broad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So the question today is, how do we truly experience the love of God? Is through getting the Holy Ghost. And who, where, how do we get it? Well, we don't earn it. We don't, uh, we don't get it on ourselves, but it's given to us the moment we are saved. The moment we place our faith in Christ and we're born again, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, comes to dwell within our hearts, uh, and through it we understand a little bit better the love of God. I remember being a small child and singing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And while I knew that God loved me, and I was taught that God loved me, I never truly understood how much God loved me until I was saved. And once the Holy Spirit revealed to me how sinful and how in need I truly am of salvation, and I placed my faith in Christ, and He forgave me, I, I, I thought of the woman in, in the Scripture. Jesus was eating with the Pharisees, and this woman came in, she was a harlot, and she was using her tears to wash the feet of Christ and the Pharisees kind of got on to Jesus and asked him why he was associating with people like that. And Jesus told him, and I'm paraphrasing here, that basically those that much were forgiven, they that much more appreciated God. Well, when I saw by the inner working of the Holy Spirit how much God loved me, I loved him that much more. Because he showed me every wicked thing I've ever done. Everything i ever done in darkness was brought out in the light. And I thought, my, oh, my, why would God want me? Why would God forgive me? Why would God send His only begotten Son to die for me? That brings us down here to verse 6 where that very question is answered. Where it says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet per avenger for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commanded His love toward us, and while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us now if you have any question of what you've done to make yourself worthy of salvation this right here should put it to rest remember God sent his only begotten son Jesus Christ to earth to live a sinless life for the purpose of providing a way of salvation for every man woman and child who believed who trusted placed their faith in Jesus now he done that It says here, for when we were yet without strength. In other words, think about a child without strength. You feed a baby. You pick up and pack a baby. You do all these things for a baby because it can't do it for itself. Well, we were without strength. We had no ability, no way to find forgiveness, no way to find salvation. We couldn't get forgiveness in ourselves. So while we were unable to do for ourselves, God did for us. He provided the sacrifice just as as David was thought he was going to sacrifice his son that day on the mountaintop, and God provided the ram to be sacrificed for the, the offering that day. The perfect sacrifice was made when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which cometh to take away the sin of the world, he came to take away your sin and my sin, because nothing else would do. Nothing else. There's no other way. No other way that man could be made at peace with God. No other way could would be justified. Remember, just as if we never sin without Christ. And Christ did it and provided the way knowing that some people would not accept Him. But yet, God sinned in anyways, ways because God is a just God. If God did not give mankind an opportunity at forgiveness Many would question how just he truly was. But he made it simple. He made it easy. He made it a free gift. The only reason a man goes to hell is because he chooses to go there. So well, I don't want to go to hell. Well, you may not, but if you don't take the pathway that keeps you from hell, it is your decision. You've made the decision to when you leave this earth to go to a devil's hell. You don't have to make that decision. You can choose Christ. He died for you when you were yet a sinner. He called you to salvation by the working of the Holy Spirit while you were yet a sinner. He's given you the opportunity to hear this message today while you are yet a sinner. You don't deserve to hear the gospel, but the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all those whom they believe. You choose to believe today, you can be saved. Verse 9 says, Much more than being now justified by what? By His blood. Whose blood? Jesus' blood. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Now, question comes up. What wrath are we talking about here? What wrath are we being saved from? Well, God is literally saving you from himself because it is God's wrath be poured out upon the world. Remember, God created this world. He gave everything that breathes breath of life. He, In the beginning, he gave us the Garden of Eden. He had us in perfect harmony with him. We had everything we could ever want, and we rebelled. All throughout the Bible we see time and time and time and time again man rebelling, 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 rebelling. And we're living in a day and time when man is continuing to rebel. And because of man's rebellion, a day and time is going to come when judgment will come upon this earth and God's wrath will be poured out. Oh, what a terrifying thing that is, as we see in the book of Revelations where it talks about all those things that will come The wrath of God that comes upon this world. The wrath of God that comes on the ungodly, the unsaved. For all those who rejected Christ and his free gift of salvation. But man doesn't have to face that wrath because it says when we were enemies, we were all enemies. I was an enemy. We were all enemies of God at one point in time. But because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are reconciled to God. Remember, God didn't transgress us. God didn't rebel against us. God didn't throw us out. We intentionally rebelled against God. And we see that take place, first off, the universal rebellion in the Garden of Eden when man rebelled against God and universal sin came upon man and our sin nature. But then every little sin we commit along our lives, every sin we commit is simply building a case against ourselves to be condemned. But because of the death of his son, God provided a way for us to be brought back to God. But not only that, we're saved by his life. And when we look at what that means, it means we're sanctified. You see, Jesus isn't dead. He couldn't die because he didn't sin. So once he paid the price for us, he was resurrected and he ascended to heaven where he said today at the right hand of the Father in the throne room of God. As he sits there, he is sanctifying us through his word and the working of the Holy Spirit. Now that sanctified word is a church word, but it means to be set apart. First off, spiritually, you are saved, you are set apart. You are a Christian. You are set apart to adoption to the family of God. But not only that, As we walk in the faith, the Bible talks about how we produce fruit unto repentance. In other words, the Holy Spirit works in us and it convicts us and makes us feel that when we're doing wrong, that we need to do better and that we need to uh, find ways uh, to live more godly, to follow God, to do the things he calls us to do. And if God wasn't alive, that wouldn't, couldn't do that because something that's dead has no effect. But if you're truly saved, God has an impact on you. The Holy Spirit inside you working has an impact on you. When you do things that the Bible says that are sinful, it convicts you to stop doing those things, to do better, to try to do what the Word says. And you don't question it if if, if God's way is different than your way or mommy and daddy's way because it's God's way and you know who God is, that he is the ruler of the universe, that he is the, the almighty, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And because God is alive, he continually grows us. The Bible says that he begins a work in us. The minute the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us and he will continue that work all the way into the day that we are called home. God not only saves us, he sanctifies us, and he one day will glorify us when we are with him. Verse 11 says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. The atonement is to be paid in full. If you atone for something, you are making up for something if i atone for an action i am doing another action to make up for that action now the reason we have joy in god is because we know that through jesus christ we have all our sins have been atoned but we have to receive the atonement god has not forced the atonement on you the work has already been done in the past on the cross that every sin, every man, every child, every woman has ever committed, past, present, and future, can be atoned for, paid for. Uh, But we have to receive the atonement. If I had a $100 bill in my hand, and I wanted you to have it, I could say, I have $100 here for you, but if you don't reach out and take that $100, that $100 doesn't have much of an impact on you. I could have you a gift. Salvation is described as a gift. If I wrap a pretty present and I set it up here on the altar at the church and I say this is for our brother and in the front row and the brother does not come forward and receive that gift, that gift is never opened. It's never used. It's never utilized. Our atonement is much the same way. Yes, Jesus Christ shed his blood that for whosoever, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, for whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, here is the catch. It is for whosoever, but it's for whosoever who believeth on Him. That believeth, the ETH on that is important because that makes it an action of Word. It's not just a mental, hey, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Hey, I believe He came and was crucified. Hey, I believe He's in heaven. Believe it means I am placing my entire faith on Him. As I stand in this church house today, I must have at least some faith that this building is going to stand and and shelter me because if I didn't, I wouldn't come inside. I'd be afraid it would collapse upon me. Um, I have faith that if I, I that if I believe and I preach God's word and pray that God will use these efforts to edify the church and to convict people and bring them to a place of salvation. It's an action believe, an action faith. When you truly trust something, it comes out in your actions, and you can see it. It's not just. A head no, but it becomes part of every ounce of your being. In order to receive the atonement, I receive it through Jesus Christ. But again, the vehicle to that is my faith. Now, hear me out. This will make it a little bit complicated, but I'm gonna to try to make it as simple as I can. This still does not give you any credit for your salvation. Because look at it like this. If I place my faith in God, and God did not give me salvation, the faith wouldn't mean anything. So God is still the one that has the authority, the sovereignty to give me justification, to give me a relationship with him, to record my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Just my vehicle to receive that is through my faith. So if you're listening today, and we're only going to do part of chapter 5. We'll finish chapter 5 next time. We'll start in verse 12 next time and teach through uh, the rest of the chapter there. But as you place your faith in Christ, a change takes place in your heart, in your soul, in your within you that cannot be described necessarily by words. It's a supernatural impact God has. Maybe you're listening today and you you prayed a prayer some years ago or you were baptized some years ago but you said, man, I just never felt a true change take place. know, A lot of things can cause that. Sometimes we do these things to please the people around us. Sometimes we do it because we feel pressured. Sometimes we do it to please mom and dad. That's not faith. That's you doing an action to please the people around you. Sometimes we just do it because we know it's the right thing to do. We're getting that age and we enjoy church and we just want to do it to make people around us happy to be a part of something. Folks, that's not true faith. The Bible talks about on the day of judgment, there's going to be people that come forth that had a lot of religion. They're going to go in front of God and they're going to say, "Well, Lord, didn't we prophesy in thy name? Didn't we do all these wonderful works? And he's going to look at him and he says, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. When I truly became born again, it was not because I... i, I It wasn't even in a church house. It was in um, at my bedside. And I came to faith because I came to a point in my life when I realized that I was going to die at some point. God revealed that to me just as supernaturally and as clear as can be that I was some point in time I was going to die. I was going to leave this world. Christ may come back before then or whatever, but something was going to happen. I was going to appear in front of God. I'd always believed in my head all these things. I knew that they were going to happen. But then I suddenly realized, not only was I going to appear in front of God, I was going to appear in front of God as a sinner. And I could do nothing to change that. My sinful state was terminal. I was going to be cast in the lake of fire, which the Bible calls the second death, and I was going to be there for eternity in hell because of all the sin I committed, and I deserved it. And I fell on my face that night in my bed, and I cried out to God in faith, asking Him to save me, asking Him for forgiveness, telling Him that I believed, trusted in His Son. And it wasn't the words that I said, but it was the intention in my heart that I did truly know. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt because I... Believed. I was placing all my faith in what he said in his word. I knew he would save me. And I never will forget the supernatural feeling of that sin being lifted off of me. And I truly felt, as the Bible says here, that I was at peace with God fully. Do you want to be at peace with God today? If you do, you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ. He said he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He said, no man can come into the Father unless by him. He also said, he is the door to the sheepfold. In other words, if you want to be a part of God's flock, you've got to come through Jesus Christ. If you don't, you leave this world unsaved. I have very bad news for you. There is no hope for you. And the fact of the matter is, as we're going to see in this next study, death is coming for everyone. Death is no respecter of persons. Young people die. Old people die. Babies die. Everyone that lives will not live forever. Everything that lives will not live forever. Plants die. Animals die. Everything dies. And even if you don't die, if you don't die, Christ is going to come back. You may live to the point that you see that. We're in perilous times. And I'm not one to predict the end, but the Bible shows us that no man knows the day there. Jesus could come back at any time. When he comes back, are you going with him? Do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are saved, your name is in his last book of life, and that you are going with him? There's nothing wrong with examining yourself because the Bible says we should examine ourselves to make sure that we are truly in the faith. Are you truly in faith? The faith. If not, I want to encourage you to place your faith in Jesus Christ and call out to God. Have a moment of prayer, earnest, heartfelt, faith-filled prayer, with God asking Him to save you, placing your faith wholly in Jesus Christ, and trusting in Him for your salvation. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, things you you don't understand, things you're wondering about please let me encourage you to message me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, send me an email, basin42 at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you, work with you, disciple you, anything you need to know about the Lord. We're here for you. We love you. Um, We pray that today's lesson from Romans 5 has been a blessing to you. We encourage you to come back next time as we look at the rest of Romans chapter 5 and talk talk about um, some of the differences and, and and justification as we continue our stay through the book of romans um, pray that it may be a blessing to you keep praying for those that are battling this illnesses keep praying for our churches uh this is hard on churches as well um, remember uh while we most churches i know of aren't having services there's still a lot of work that is done at the churches the gospel's still going out um we're still being blessed with the opportunity to try to help folks and pray for them and stuff Uh, be much in prayer for us. We thank you. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.